Hello Broncos country and welcome to the week 11 Orange Weekly Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Rep the Squad. Rep the Squad is a jersey subscription club that lets you rep any jersey you may want. It's like Netflix for jerseys. With hundreds of jerseys, Rep the Squad lets you switch between your favorite stars and styles whenever you like. Adult memberships are $19.95 per month and youth memberships are $16.95 per month. New jerseys arrive fresh, clean, and within two to three business days of your order. Rep your Denver Broncos all season long with free shipping both ways and you can cancel anytime. Make sure you use promo code ORANGE50, that's ORANGE50, to get 50% of your first month at repthesquad.com. If you like our podcasts and what we talk about each week, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or any other listening platforms you may use. Here at Orange Weekly, we are about football and football only. We don't discuss politics. We are just football fans. So you will not hear us talk about why Cam Newton is wearing that ridiculous flowery blazer. Just this week's Denver Broncos matchup. Inside the minds of the players and the coaches and an in-depth look at what you should be expecting this upcoming week. All right, Broncos fans, we have now entered the final eight games of the season. Our Denver Broncos are sitting at the bottom of the AFC West, but there's no need to panic. This is not only a wide-open division, it's also a wide-open conference. This week, our opponent is the Cincinnati Bengals, who are also sitting at 3-6 and six and comfortably in the third position in the AFC North. Both teams will be hungry for a win and expect this to be a very physical and competitive game. As we always do, let's bring it in with the Mad Fanatic. Hello Broncos fans, Um, as you can tell, I am not Jared. Jared is actually away this week for work. uh, He's in the American Navy, and I'm not exactly sure what he's doing now, but we'll let him explain when he comes back, but uh, he's somewhere in the ocean right now, I think. And so he's uh, unable to join us this week, Uh, so you have me and myself, Matt, and uh, to join me this week, I have a very special guest. His name is Dan Stern. Uh, Dan and I go back a number of years. We uh, met on the football field as coaches for the uh, Cumberland Panthers, and uh, you know we've stayed in touch ever since, and it's, uh, it's been a great relationship. Dan, you have uh, great football knowledge. You know a lot about what, uh, what we do here on Orange Weekly, and uh, I really wanted to get you on the show and get your insight on this upcoming game. Um, on the flip side, usually Jared will cover uh, the Broncos, but uh, this week I'll be covering the Broncos, and uh, you'll have the absolute privilege of uh, covering the Bengals. So, uh, yeah, so thanks for joining us, Dan. Welcome. Oh, it's an absolute uh, pleasure being here, and I uh, appreciate the offer of, uh, of coming on the show. Nice. I'm glad I'm glad you accepted. Unfortunately, there's no contract or money right now. Um, uh, depends how you do. So Okay. Maybe if you do well, we'll get you some coin. We'll see. Perfect. Yeah, so uh, so this week, man, we got uh, we got the Bengals. Um, you know, Broncos have been having a bit of a struggle over the last few games. Um, unfortunately, they faced the, you know, probably the top three teams in the NFL with uh, the Chiefs, the Pats, back to back, and the Eagles. Sorry, in there as well. So three back to back games of probably the best three teams, and uh, they haven't been able to gain any sort of uh, you know momentum during these games. And um, it's been unfortunate because they're a much better team than than their record shows and the outcomes of the games as well. 
I think it's just been a slide in momentum, which can be uh, very hard to recuperate. But uh, I think, you know, this week might be it against the Bengals, who, you know, they're not one of the best teams in the league. And I think this, you know, would be a good opportunity for them to you know, find their, their winning nature again. You know, uh, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I think that's just it. Uh, you know, the Bengals and the Broncos are, are playing very mediocre football right now, uh, both sitting at three and six both on multiple game losing streaks. I think overall, you know, whatever team wins is going to at least try to recover some of that uh, lost effort throughout the last few games. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, let's, before we get into these Bengals here, let's just take a quick uh, rewind and, and and look at this previous game against the Pats, which, you know, we promise we won't talk a lot on. But, you know, as our usual segments, first uh, we'll, we'll give our sort of I told you so for this previous game. I told you so. So, uh, you know, Dan, you weren't here uh, recording last week, so, you, you know, you're not really in uh, this. I told you so, unfortunately, but uh, we'll get you involved nonetheless. Um, but for me, uh, my I told you so is um, actually I, we were talking about the running backs and I said that, you know, the, the Patriots running backs are a very strong group of players and uh, they proved that over this week, um, both. Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead were really big factors in the game and same with James White all three of them had a touchdown in the game in three different ways uh oh sorry White and Burkhead both had receiving touchdowns but nevertheless it was just uh you know not rushing touchdowns they're just very versatile players Deion Lewis of course with a huge kickoff return and Rex Burkhead also had a punt block it was just a factor all over the field so that's, you know, if Jared would be here, that would be my I told you so. Uh, but for you, Dan, uh, you know, based on what you've seen from that previous game, is there anything that, you know, kind of stood out uh, for you as something that, you know, you, you could have maybe predicted yourself? Oh, well, when I look at the, the box score and I'm, I'm thinking about what the Broncos had to do to get back into the winning column, uh, they had to get their pass rush going. You know, they only had one sack against Tom Brady. Vaughn Miller was ineffective yet again. If they're going to beat a team like the Patriots, uh, they need to get that pass rush going, which is obviously the strength of that defense. And I guess the I told you so is that, uh, I guess I told you so that the Broncos wouldn't get it going against one of the best teams in the league, uh, who obviously Bill Belichick has them prepared uh, to not allow the Broncos to use their strengths to their advantage. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we were well prepared for that pass rush. Um, oddly enough, uh, Broncos are actually the only team that Tom Brady doesn't have a winning record against. Uh, this previous win, uh, it actually brought them to an 8-9 record for the Patriots, or rather for Tom Brady against the Broncos. So, weirdly enough, usually the Broncos beat the Pats, but unfortunately it just didn't come to fruition this past weekend. So that's our I Told You So segment, as, uh, as per usual. Who would have guessed? Dan, who would have guessed is, a, is something that, you know, of this previous game that we're, we were surprised of. You know, something that kind of came up in the game that we didn't necessarily expect to, to see coming or, or whatever it may be. Uh, and for me, the, 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 you know, the who would have guessed for me is really the impact of the special teams. It was unbelievable to see how much it gave the, the Pats momentum with a, a kick return for a touchdown, as I mentioned, and a punt block as well, and, and just great field positioning. It's It was a really big factor, and I would have thought that it would have been sort of the third side of the ball to have an impact in this game, but no, I think it was the most important side of the ball. Um, is there something that surprised you from this previous game with the Broncos? Uh, well, who would have guessed it? I guess that uh, Brock Osweiler would still be starting for this team, trying to, I guess, uh, you know, earn a reputation of a quarterback who was a bit of a bust, you know, from Houston to the Browns and now back to the Broncos. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, 
he can't get that monkey off his shoulder. But overall, I think we're all still a little surprised. He's he's got the reins of the of the uh, starting offense. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, I you know I, I don't know. I've never really been a fan of Osweiler. Um, I don't think many Broncos fans are either right now. Um, I thought that hit this humbling experience he would have had might have changed the way he played the game. Maybe he would have been a bit looser, a bit more confident, a bit you know more of a football player versus having to make it you know as a seventy-two million dollar quarterback. But um, yeah, unfortunately, he just can't seem to get it going. He's got all this natural talent too, and it's it just doesn't seem to to fit. So who knows what the issue with him is, but um, it's been a, a growing concern for a lot of Broncos fans. This is all we're going to talk about this previous game. Uh, we don't like to rehash, especially on, you know, these negative games, but, uh, you know, nothing to fear on this or the, the record so far. Still a big chance in, in this year's season. There's eight games left, and they're all very competitive, and they should be, uh, you know, wins for this for this Broncos team that really needs it. And so right now we're going to move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, the first thing I want to talk about in terms of the Bengals is I want to talk about their coaching staff in Brain Games. Brain Games. And so the the Bengals coaching staff, uh, Dan, the head coach is Marvin Lewis. He's one of the most tenured coaches in the NFL. He's been there for as long as I've been watching football. He's been the head coach of the Bengals. And so, you know, what can you tell us about Marvin Lewis, his style, a bit of his history, you know, who he is as a coach? Well, we know Marvin Lewis is a uh, great defensive coach. I mean, when he uh, led the Ravens to one of the most historic defenses in the around the turn of the century, and they won their Super Bowl, you know, everyone figured he'd have a bright future uh, as a head coach. And overall, when you look at his you know, his regular season success, it, it's been there. And he's coached some very talented teams, both offensive and defensive talented players. Um, but I think we all know with Marvin Lewis, it's his playoff record, who uh, his seven losses are the most of any coach, uh, and his 14 years are only make him second to Jim Mora with most seasons coach without a playoff win. So wow. uh, it's, it's you know, it's you feel for a guy like that because he's a player's coach, and especially the defensive players just love to play for him. Um, and it's unfortunate that having these talented teams the last couple of years have been wasted on uh, early playoff exits. Uh, do you think that uh, Marvin Lewis has a bit overstayed his time in Cincinnati? Or do you think that he's still the, the right coach to lead this team? Well, I think that's just the question that the ownership has to look at. Depending on how they feel Marvin has been in terms of player development, uh, they could keep him on because I feel that's the reason he has been on uh, in the first place is, is his reputation with the players if ownership wants to win now like many nfl franchises do it might be time for a change you know having those playoff losses under his belt it's either gonna be uh, his downfall and kind of you know the thing that he was never able to overcome or he's gonna get lucky or earn one of these playoff wins one of these years but is that something that ownership is willing to wait around for for any team having a 14-year tenured coach i mean unless you're like bill belichick and you've won five super bowls in your time there it's time for a change eventually i mean it's clearly something hasn't moved in cincinnati and um and so i mean we'll see how the season goes he seems to have uh Change the direction from a really bad start early on. And, uh, you know, let's use that as a segue. Early on in the season, Bill Lazor was not the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. And uh, they had another OC. I forget his name right now. I think Zampese. Zampese, yeah. Zampese, yeah. Okay, perfect. And he was there for, again, like 12 years, a very long time. And this year their offense came out 
flat. I mean, I have never seen a team start so poorly on offense. And so after they made the change, they started winning. You know, granted, they're at uh, three and six right now, which is not anybody's favorite record. But nevertheless, they've, they've managed to get some wins here with a change in coaching. So, uh, you know, can you tell us a bit more about Bill Lazor, who he is, and, you know, how he's changed his offense? Well, he's definitely gotten the Bengals back to kind of what they were good at the last few years as a winning team you know getting the ball to AJ Green down the sideline as we saw uh, last weekend on a, on a slant that he took to the house and and AJ Green has just been used to making those plays so it's good that you know Lazer's getting him involved a little bit more the running game is not fully capable to take over a game at this point Joe Mixon is still young still inexperienced the offensive uh Offensive line struggles have been pretty evident in the running game. It's not Bill Lazor's fault. I mean, unfortunately, the guy is taking over from a uh, fired offensive coordinator, an interim position. Uh, I just think that uh, he needs to keep plugging away at that running game because that's only going to make Andy Dalton more effective uh, with what he does best, which is getting the ball to his playmakers. Yeah, that's a great point. I have uh, I have the Bengals stats up here. They're per game stats I like to collect every week. And uh, the Bengals are ranked 32 in yards per game. Uh, they're ranked 32nd in run yards per game, as well as first downs per game and time of possession per game. They're also ranked 30th in uh, points per game. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. <clears throat> I mean, it, it, clearly this offense really hasn't been uh, effective at all this year. They, you know, they're ranked dead last and they're in the, the conversations with, you know, the Cleveland Browns, which is never a place where you want to be. Um, so, I mean, the, the Bengals are clearly struggling. Uh, and, you know, A.J. Green's probably their biggest weapon. Once he gets the balls, they got a chance. But otherwise, it's, you know, Bill Lazor does have a tough role. I mean, uh, what's his name, the tight end? Uh, Tyler Eifert, he's he's out as well for the year, unfortunately. They don't have much help with A.J. Green, so he's, his hands are tied. It's definitely showing uh, not only are they dead last in running, but they are also 27th in passing per game at 204 yards a game so nothing to uh you know be too proud of <clears throat> and you know the the broncos have again a very strong defense joe woods has really kept the culture of a strong defense going on in this in this league um unfortunately the last two games they've allowed a lot of points and it's uh, it's sort of an asterisk like from the statistics i don't think it really represents the talent that's on this defense um, points per game right now they're ranked 29th in the league but it's because of these last two games uh, broncos are on the flip side, they're ranked, you know, fourth in terms of yards per game on the defense and fifth in terms of uh, running yards per game. So they're they're good on many metrics, but on some metrics, because of these last two bad blowouts, they've been shifted around. So I don't think, you know, the statistics are necessarily a fair assessment of the defense, but I think that Joe Woods still has a very good unit and, you know, he's going to be challenging Bill Lazor this game. Usually we're expecting a bit of a chess match between the uh, coordinators, but I think Joe Woods is going to have a bit of an advantage against Andy Dalton and, and the rest of this Tiger print team, um, you know, I don't think that uh, this offense is going to perform very well against the Broncos. No, I think this is their opportunity to uh, get back, like I said before, uh, you know, rushing the passer. Uh, they they have to get to Andy Dalton to avoid those big plays to A.J. Green and others. It's going to start with Von Miller, you know, setting the tone early and often, getting to the quarterback, getting pressure, pushing the pocket, collapsing it, and, and see if they can... Uh, 
use that number four ranked uh, yards per game to uh, keep the Bengals struggling. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be really fun to see that. But let's talk about the flip side here. Uh, Paul Gunter. I really don't know much about this defensive coordinator for the Bengals. Um, I know he still has put out a, a pretty good unit, nevertheless, based, you know, other than their record, whatever it is there. Uh, they do rank highly in some categories. Uh, so can you tell us a bit more about uh, Paul Gunter and who he is as a DC? Yeah, I mean, Gunther take, uh, took over from Mike Zimmer when he left for the Minnesota Vikings in 2014. He was previously the Bengals linebacker coach and had been other position coaches since 2005. So he is a, a long-standing Cincinnati Bengal staff member. Uh, he's been pretty much taking over the same style of defense that Mike Zimmer had, trying to get uh, effective play from his linebackers. Uh, we're thinking about Vontez Perfect trying to obviously keep him a little bit under wraps. And a lot of things have been in the media about uh, Burfecht. And it obviously is a distraction for Paul Gunther's defense, having that kind of stuff. What I'm referring to is the last few games, Fontes Burfecht has been apparently and allegedly uh, been harassed by the referees and is in uh, unfair treatment from the referees. And uh, apparently other Cincinnati Bengals defenders have heard her referees say, made comments to Vontez Perfect. Uh, he was ejected for his first time in his career last game. If a player like that is going to be uh, removed from this defense, and Paul Gunther's just having a harder time getting these Bengals back into uh, their winning ways. If any of our listeners, you know, you've got a few minutes to kill, go and watch his highlights from back when he was at college at Arizona State. This guy was a flat out killer at linebacker. He's flying over the field, making huge hits, dominating games. And unfortunately, you know, these problems that you mentioned, they, they precede him. He, he was, uh, he wasn't drafted because of off the field issues and because of, because of attitude problems, but the Bengals took him on and he's been a stud in this league, but they're for some reason or another, I see in the games too, you know, they, the refs they're, they're on him, but he's also playing on edge a lot of time. I feel that like he's really bending some rules and he's playing with a, a sort of nastiness that is of old school football and something that we don't see often in today's game. And so it might seem a little bit, um, you know, out of context sometimes, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, you know, Paul Gunter does have a pretty good toy in, in Von Tazberfic. He's great to play, to coach, I'm sure, regardless of what we see on screen. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he does have a pretty big challenge on his hands um, with managing his defense and managing the season. Uh, Mike McCoy, the OC for the Broncos, as everybody knows, he's um, he's in for a challenge this week. The Bengals have put together a pretty solid unit. Uh, they're 13th in terms of yards per game. They're 5th in terms of passing yards per game as well. They only allow about 197 yards per game. Broncos only throw about 216 per game. So I think the Bengals' secondary is going to be very active during this game. Uh, Brock Osweiler, as we've seen time and time again, he's unfortunately a little bit erratic with the football. Sometimes he'll hit a dime going down the field on a deep ball, and sometimes it'll be uh, an unfortunate interception sort of you know, on an obvious throw, but regardless, uh, you know, this defense is solid. They're really good at limiting scoring. They're also really good at, you know, getting pressure to the quarterback, uh, Dunlap, as we'll talk in a few seconds, I'm sure is a great pass rusher. And, uh, you know, Mike McCoy and his offensive line are going to have to be very strong here. Um, 
just in terms of the Broncos coaching in general, I read this article on the Broncos website about uh, Vance Joseph, you know, talking about this, this sort of losing streak they've had. And his strategy is now becoming one of simplicity and going back to the basics of the game. And, and instead of having a lot of answers for a lot of problems, he's looking at cleaning up the little mistakes, the mental mistakes that have been causing all these penalties, these unfortunately timed penalties, and also a negative 14 turnover ratio which is never where you want to be and I think both sides of the, the ball for the Broncos are going to do that you know watch Mike McCoy in the offense go into more of a running mode and really focus on getting the ball moving on the ground is something that they've been lacking for the past weeks and it's something that when they do well they win games so watch them really get back to this strategy we hope this is the week they get back to it they've got three great running backs and it's time for that for Mike McCoy to really use them to their fullest and on the defensive side the focus is going to be on covering AJ Green for the whole 60 minutes uh, to your point Dan last game he was sort of ineffective during the game and then boom out of nowhere hits a slant takes it to the house for a score these are the things that AJ Green can do and is why he's considered one of the best receivers in the NFL and to cover him all game is going to be a challenge yes the Broncos we have Akeem Talib, Chris Harris we've got some great DBs but nevertheless AJ Green is going to be a nightmare to cover we do have the guys to do it, though. And then for the rest of the defense, all they're going to have to do is put pressure on the Bengals. Uh, Dan, you've mentioned it. Von Miller, Von Miller, Von Miller. It's up to him, really, to get this movement going for the defensive line. Get in the quarterback's face. I would love to see him get a multiple sack game. I think he's due this game. I think he's really deserved it, too. He's been a bit of a silent leader for the Broncos, and managing this this sort of skid down in the rankings has been a challenge, but uh, this game should be a great opportunity for the coaches and the players to really make a turnaround. But at the same time, it's the same thing for the Bengals. For sure. On offense, they have to. They don't have any other choice but to get back to the running game. Um, it is the strength of their offense. They need to keep Brock Osweiler effective by having the option of using play action. If they can't use play action with Brock Osweiler and he's forced to uh, become a drop back passer he is proven once again over and over again that that's probably not going to happen the Bengals d-line has also been struggling against some uh, better offensive lines and getting pushed back and it, like you said it's been their past defense which has made them more effective so it's just another reason that Brock Osweiler sh maybe shouldn't be throwing as much. They need to get back to the running game. They need to put pressure on that D-line. And on the other side of the ball, um, absolutely, Von Miller uh, has a chance to uh, get back in the sack column. Brian Arakpo used a speed rush on Cedric Aboye last week and basically got to Andy Dalton very quickly. And that's what they're going to have to do against the, the Bengals. They're going to have to speed rush those uh, offensive tackles, make Andy Dalton throw out quickly uh, on his checkdowns and not get the ball deep to A.J. Green or Brandon LaFell. Using that strategy, it sounds simple, but it's... Uh, it, it needs to be done. It needs to be shown uh, on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, to, to our listeners here, Dan is a very, very big Saints fan. And, um, you know, he knows a thing about it, a thing or two, rather, about uh, running the ball and, and getting success over this. The Saints went off 34 consecutive rushing plays on the Bills and, you know, scored almost on every drive. And so, you know, the, the power of the running game is is as old as football is, and it's something that every team can't do without. If a passing team like the Saints can rely on a running game to win a game, a running team like the Broncos really should be doing the same thing. And I think that, uh, you know, it's about time this week they're going to do it. 
So that's uh, you know that's that's our coach matchup for this upcoming game. Um, maybe expect a bit less of a chess match as we've been expecting for these previous games. And in this game, let's you know look at both teams going right back to the basics, cleaning up their mistakes, reducing the turnovers, and just being competitive and gaining a win. The, both teams need a win, so it's going to be a very good game. And you know, other than the coaches, what happens in football games? Players just go out there and they play, and so. For this next segment in Survival of the Fittest, this we're going to talk about these upcoming players and these great matchups that we're going to see in this upcoming game. So for Dan, uh, you know, who do you have on offense for the Bengals that is going to be maybe a unique player to look at, you know, a, a great matchup to look at, or just something that, you know, you want to mention in terms of player or talent or whatever it is on the field? Okay, on the Bengals, I, uh, I think keeping A.J. Green in check is important. He is the guy, obviously, the offense goes through, but I think Brandon LaFell always has a big chance for a game um, opposite of him. If they're going to have to double cover A.J. Green, and if they're going to have to use that kind of strategy to basically protect him from going off again and, and having another 70-yard touchdown, then that is uh, going to keep Brandon LaFell open and one-on-one coverage most of the game. So I'm looking at him to be the main benefactor of, of that uh, extra attention on A.J. Green. Brandon LaFell had a lot of success with the Pats a few years ago. Um, you know, Pats have a, a great knack for taking players we don't know of and turning them to stars, and um, Brandon LaFell hasn't really done that, you know, as of late with the Bengals, but you're right, he does have that opportunity to do so since most of the attention's on um, A.J. Green. Uh, so thanks, you know, on, on on the flip side, on the Broncos' defense, um, you know, we've talked about this a few times in the podcast, and I do hate rehashing things over and over again, but I'm just going to talk about the importance of, of the pass rush, and regardless of the player, it could be Barrett, it could be uh, Ray, it could be Miller, whoever is getting in the face of the quarterback, it's going to be the matchup against this Bengals' offense. Um, the, the tackles for the Bengals... Ogbuehi and Andre Smith and again to our listeners you got a few minutes go watch Andre Smith's 40 yard dash on YouTube probably the best video I've seen in a long time and you know both these tackles aren't that dominant at their position um you know they're they're both first round picks but unfortunately haven't really panned out as one and so I think that the pass rush for the Broncos have a great chance here a great matchup to make the most of this and actually you know get some sacks and maybe get a few turnovers so Dan on the uh the flip side here on the Bengals defense, who are some notable players that you see as being matchup problems for the Broncos? You know, or any really stand out to you? Well, we talked about Perfect and having been ejected last game, you can definitely expect he's going to uh, make a name for himself in this game, or at least try to. But I'm actually going to look at his uh, some of his partners in crime on the outside. Uh, both uh, Nick Vigil and Vincent Ray are leading, or sorry, are in the top 40 leaders of tackles in the league. They uh, are obviously going to be a factor in the, the Broncos' running game. If they are going to not be touched and on that second level, if they're not going to be challenged, they're going to be making tackles all game, and that's going to disrupt the success of the Broncos' running game. Yeah, I totally see that. I mean, Vincent Ray's been a he's a pretty experienced player in this league too. And uh, you know, Nick Vigil, I haven't heard anything about him, so you know, I'm excited to see this guy play, but uh, these linebackers are going to be a big matchup problem, especially if the Broncos are going to be running the ball. And uh, so yeah, so that's you know, survival of the fittest. We we really look at uh, maybe some of not of the notable players, but other players that you might not hear in the media, and these guys are going to have a big impact on the game. And so here just in in closing of our uh, of our week episode here. Um, we're going to move into one of our last segments. In Rain Man 
this week. And in Rain Man this week is where we have a little bit of fun and we try to predict this game. We, you know, try to predict something that's unpredictable. So we've, we haven't had much success this year, Dan, unfortunately. Um, week one, I actually predicted the score. So, you know, that's, that's my glory for the year. But since then, both Jared and I have been off. But, um, you know, we still try to do it every week. And so I think I'm going to be guessing this game is going to be tight again. I think both teams' offenses have been struggling to score some points. I think both defenses are, are pretty strong. They're aggressive. They're physical. So I expect a bit of a smaller matchup. And um, my prediction for this game is actually a 21-13 to 13 win for the Broncos. I like that prediction. That's uh, I think that's going to be pretty similar to what I'm going to say. I like the Broncos in a close game. I don't think the Bengals will necessarily collapse on defense, but I think both teams will struggle on offense and uh, won't be able to get enough of a lead to really close the game out early. I'm thinking a 20-17 to Broncos win, uh, late field goal, uh, seals the victory. Nice. I like that. I like that. I'll remember that next week. Famous last words. This is where uh, I'll uh, I'll take this one for for this week and and just say that you know the Broncos they they're gonna get back in the win column. This is this is this has to happen regardless of, of where they stand in the league or their rankings. It's been too long since they've had a win and they're hungry for one and they're gonna get it this week. They face like I've said before three of the best teams in the NFL in back to back to back weeks. That is not an easy stretch for anybody in this league. They've entered the stretch after losing two bad games as well, which, you know, games that they should have won. And, you know, their momentum and their confidence was shot down and it was really hard for them to gain momentum through this tough road trip, through these tough games. But right now they're back into a position where they have time to retrench. They have time to look at the fundamentals of the game and really look at how they can be a better team from what they know how to do instead of finding these complex ways to win. Brock Osweiler should be able to find some comfort in this game knowing that he's not going against necessarily an elite pass rush he might have more time in the pocket to throw the ball and get into a good rhythm but the team's going to rely on the running game to score to move the ball and to essentially get back in the win column the defense is going to be dominant as well and watch the Bengals defense be very hard to play against but nevertheless a very beatable team so in this week's matchup the Broncos are going to get back in that win column Thank you again for listening to our podcast. If you like what you hear and you're enjoying this, please go to iTunes or anywhere you listen to us and uh, you know subscribe, rate us, give us some reviews. We want to know how we can get better. Our show is for you, the fans. Um, and again, we're sponsored by Rep the Squad. Go to their website, use the promo code ORANGE50 and you can get half off your first month of subscription to get any jersey you want in any style whenever you want, two or three business days after you order for 20 bucks a month. That is awesome. I think it's a great deal. So go to their website, use the code, and get started on your jerseys. And, uh, you know, I want to thank, lastly, Dan for coming on board this week, sort of the last minute. He's a bit of a hero in our books here at Orange Weekly. And, uh, you know, thanks a lot, Dan. It was great getting you on this show. I know you have a lot of knowledge of football, and your contributions are always, uh, you know, they're, they're welcomed and they're, they're absolutely loved here. So thank you very much. Is there anything else you'd like to add at the end uh, in, your, in your final statements? Uh, no, I, well, first off, it's a, it's a pleasure having uh, been on the show and, and I hope for another invitation in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can get on with Jared as well. Hopefully he'll let me in and uh, get my two cents <laughs> on. Um, I just think that this is going to be a, a good game this weekend. Uh, obviously, two teams that are hoping for better days and hopefully those better days are ahead of them. I think it's going to come down to the forever classic turnover battle. 
And if uh, Brock Osweiler and that running game can't get going and are turning over the ball, I just think that Andy Dalton is too experienced to uh, allow uh, that game to slip away from them. So the Broncos have to be careful. They have to win the time of possession battle. But yeah, I think it's theirs for the taking and, and having that home game. Uh, hopefully they can energize the, the crowd at Mahai. So thanks guys, again, guys, for listening. And uh, as always, we're going to take it out here with the Mad Fanatic. Orange, man. Orange, man. I'm riding orange, man.